to have Stephanie back. Stephanie's been on on leave for a little while, so we're happy to have you here and back. How is everybody? Good. Very good. Good. Nice, nice. Well, October, we have a few things to talk about. We've been talking about all kinds of fun things while you were out there, Stephanie. Uh, and this month, we're talking a little bit about um, breast cancer awareness. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, right? Yep, that is correct. Um, and with that, we have a couple screenings that we would like to go over. Um, I know with breast cancer screening, um, we were so used to doing our own breast exams and teaching everyone to do so. But um, now it's better uh, to go to your physician. And it just depends on what you have in your medical history. So typically mammograms, if desired, can start at 40 to 44. Um, 45 to 54 is yearly, 55 year olds or, or higher would be every two years. Um, but if you have any predisposition or any family history, um, that's usually recommended to speak to your physician and start it earlier. Um, so with, you know, breast cancer month, awareness is a big thing. Yeah. And it's a highly preventable cancer, uh, considered to be preventable. Like uh, so many cancers, if we catch them early, uh, a lot of times we have a fantastic outcome um, and we can really nip things in the bud. Breast cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer, these are all highly preventable um, cancers and really awareness and early detection is key. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. October is a great time to check the girls. Keep them healthy. <laughs> What do you think about, uh, you know, back in the day, they used to talk about self-exams and I know uh, we're not, there's, there's no guideline for self-exams anymore. What are your tips for us on self-exams? Um, it, it's, it's hard to say because I know it's not something that is said that we should do, but regardless, I think what it's meant to be is don't take a self-exam as a way of, oh, I don't need to get checked. I don't, you know, I'm 55. I did a self-exam. I'm fine. But by all means, do examine yourself. And if you feel any irregularity, um, then that would issue a need to go to a physician earlier, sooner than later. So any lumps, bumps, um, any bites, you know, something like a mosquito bite that you think you got bit, but you haven't been outside. That's something that can, you know, mass this cancer, um, any redness, pain, um, just being self-aware of your body and being, um, you know, in control of what you're feeling and knowing that this isn't normal poses a question to go to a doctor visit. So yes, self-exams aren't the standard of care, but I think regardless, um, anything that's abnormal to us, we should get it checked. Yeah, I like your counsel. We should be familiar with our bodies, whether that's our skin or for men, their testicles or, you know, your breasts or your stool, uh, things that are, aren't aren't normal um, and continuing. I think, uh, yeah, you're right. That's really important to speak with your physician. So what about as we head into October, this is also a great time. I know, uh, Dale, we've talked a lot about some things that we can do to really optimize our health. I think fall is a great time. I, I love fall for a few reasons. As we head into the holidays, I'm always 
looking back at, you know, goals that I've set for myself. Am I close? Am I far? Am I on the right track? What do I need to adjust? And then really looking at how can we optimize our health? Some people go into the the fall and the winter months and they're thinking it's cold and flu season and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but what kind of tips uh, might you suggest to really help people be hardy and be their healthiest as we head into the fall and winter? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I like to approach things kind of from a holistic standpoint. So I think you started out great. Immunity is a big thing. I, I feel like every day I hear somebody news got COVID or something's going on, but um, immunity isn't just taking your vitamin C and, you know, washing your hands, although washing your hands is the most important <laughs> way to, um, you know, prevent spread of disease. So hand washing, if everyone, for you know, doesn't think about it as it being that important, it's that important. Um, but other things that boost immunity, sleep, um, hydration, like we don't, you know, in the summer we're hot. It's easier to drink a lot of water when we think about it. When it's cold, we're not thinking about it as much. I like how everyone has our water on. <laughs> Very nice. Um, so yes, yeah, so still being aware that even when we're cold and we're maybe not feeling as thirsty because we're not hot and sweaty, it is just as important to stay hydrated. Um, I think, and I know we just had, I think like world mental health day, another thing going into the holidays mm -hmm. community, community is really important and dealing with feelings that sometimes folks have, you know, whether, you know, the holidays is, it brings back good feelings or you've lost somebody or there's a time of heartache or loneliness, um, which is a huge thing that can impact our immunity and our total well-being. So I think, you know, um, recognizing that, um, and finding ways to to connect with other people, whatever that looks like, um, you know, in your community or whatever that looks like. So we're talking to someone, knowing if you have these feelings, like being able to find whether it's getting, you know, mental health help, counseling, things like that, or a good friend or someone in your church, community, faith community. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, and, and continuing to eat. Um, I, I love the fall because it's soup season. And you can get a lot of really good stuff in soup. And so you yes. can get your, you can get bone broth is so good. That's good for immunity as well and gut health. Yes. So um, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be time consuming. You can, I'm amazed sometimes when I throw in a pot and it comes out okay. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's just important to find small things that, you know, to incorporate just to boost immunity, um, strengthen just your whole body, mind, soul kind of thing. So. Those are my tips. I'd love to hear any others that you all have. <laughs> well, I, I was going to, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, um, you know, I used to live in the Northeast where in the winter time, starting the fall, you know, we didn't see a lot of the sun. So, you know, yeah. I, I feel like vitamin D is very good to, you know, at least go outside and just, you know, go outside and just, you know, get that extra vitamin D working at home, working remote, you know, we're a lot of times stuck inside during the day. But, um, but also, you know, either getting vitamin D naturally from the sun or taking a supplement, a daily or weekly supplement, you know, I think that's very important because that plays into our mental health as well. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. I think that's a great thing to be tested, you know, make sure mm -hmm. vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. So you can get too much. You can absolutely overdose on vitamin D. That being said, most Americans uh, are low in vitamin D. And to your point, it does have a significant role in mental health and our immunity. Um, so I think it's really important if you haven't had it checked. I think that's a test that's worth its weight. 
um, to make sure that you're optimizing those levels. And really, it only takes like 10 minutes, three times a week uh, to get enough vitamin D from the sun. Um, so walking outside, as a matter of fact, uh, the sunlight hitting the back of the eye, the retina can help with some of those feel-good hormones in the brain. Um, so especially for folks, if you're dealing with uh, depression or anxiety or those kinds of things, spending time outside or grounding. Um, I love spending time walking barefoot uh, in the grass. Um, I have two trees outside my office. I love these trees. I love spending time under them doing Qigong uh, in the morning. Uh, it feels great, allows me to really center and focus and set a good intention for myself. That whole mind-body connection, which you spoke to too, Dale. I think that's that's also really important. We have a whole pharmacy in us if we knew how to tap into it. Yep. What about you, Stephanie? What are your favorite tips? Um, unfortunately, guys, uh, I live in Florida. So <laughs> um, it remains kind of the same. Um, I will say today it's cold. Um, it's like 75 degrees for us. Um, so I did go on an evening little stroll. Um, but, you know, everything you guys are saying is something that I try to take in year round. And like you said, most of the time, especially during this time, hand washing, um, very important. Um, soups, like you said, I drink soups even on hot days here. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I think you guys have been better at pitching in on that, unfortunately. For you guys, luxury is, it's luxury for me, but I live somewhere where it's always just hot. <laughs> well, you know, that brings up our, our next topic. We're talking a little bit about, we're going to talk about emergency preparedness. Um, you know, and you're, I, I don't know, when I think about Florida, uh, I think about hurricanes mm -hmm. <laughs> and yep. uh, I'm sure, you know, it's hurricane uh, season. So yeah. hurricane season starts around June, July up until like November. And yeah, like you said, that, that I can verse a little bit more about, <laughs> um, with us and, you know, being prepared and, and being prepared for hurricanes is having canned foods water, lots of gallons of water. I usually try to stock up in the beginning of July. Um, not everyone has shutters. So having plywood available, um, so that when the time comes, you have everything you need. Um, especially here in South Florida, things get very crazy. If we know there's a hurricane coming within a week, if you heard the news and we have a week to prepare and you head out to get gas, head out to get canned foods and water, you're behind, you're done. There's nothing available. People yep. as just like COVID as you know, there was a shortage, uh, shortage in toilet paper roll. It's just a whole hysteria. So yep. stock up in the beginning of hurricane season, always have your tank full. So you're not having to get these things last minute. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you think, Nancy? What are your best tips for folks to, I don't know. If you think about an emergency, emergencies are very stressful and traumatic when you're not ready, but they're really not so hard when you're ready for them, right? So what what tips right. do you have for us? Um, I mean, in our area, it's electricity. You know, sometimes electricity just goes off and, you know, sometimes it's for a few seconds, sometimes it's for a few hours, you know, and if it's the winter time 
and it's a night and you have kids. And so now you're left with like total darkness, like your whole neighborhood's dark. Um, so I like to have, um, you know, candles in the house always. Um, I like to have lighters. I like to have matches. Um, you know, those are sort of things that, you know, apply to, to us here where, you know, if, if the electricity goes off, you know, we we're okay, you know, for a few hours. Now, if it's longer than that, then we start looking, you know, because heat's not going to be on in the winter time if the electricity is off. So we start to look at, you know, other things like, okay, maybe we could get together at somebody else's house that does have electricity, you know? Um, so yeah, so those are the things that we endure here in the, in the I, South Carolina. I know up in North Idaho, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys remember the, you guys are mostly Southern, but in 1989, we had ice storm. A lot of places mm-hmm. around the country have had ice storm. Remember, was it last year, a year before in Texas, they had hot tubs that were freezing, right? So it was a real, real yeah. problem in North Idaho. We were without power for 30 days oh and, God. uh, and it's so funny. So where I lived at the time was on a lake. It's very rural. And so, of course, we had a wood stove. So that wasn't such a big deal. And every summer I'd bring in a cord of wood. That was funny before I was married out there with my chainsaw working my tail off. But anyway, um, you know, things like you mentioned, al- alternate heat in the cities. A lot of people don't have a wood stove here. Now we live in southern Idaho. We don't have a wood stove. And we've got propane. And uh, we also have emergency heaters um, as well. That's important. Um, Mm -hmm. Up in the north, I mean, it'll be really cold. Um, And that's hard, like to your point. Um, But 30 days, that was kind of fun. I would bring in, uh, I would pack, that was before I had a generator. Now we have three generators. Uh, But I would pack ice or snow in Tupperware containers pack them real tight and put them in the fridge so I didn't lose any food. Mm. Um, But, you know, you don't think about that kind of stuff when you lose electricity and we were on a well. uh, So the water didn't pump. So we had emergency water storage. I still have three huge water storage containers and you can find some of these containers. We got huge, they're 80 gallon drums and we got them from a, um, it's a container supplier. They supply containers for, food company. So it's food grade. And we got them like eight bucks there. Normally, like if you go on an emergency site, they're like $90 a barrel. We got them for like eight bucks. So there are a lot of sources that, you know, you don't have to go broke uh, to to prepare for an emergency, but you do have to kind of look around at and find some resources. We had the operation in our neighborhood where I helped uh, our neighbors uh, get a, a bulk supply of emergency water storage and and food supplies and things like that. In North Idaho, where, you know, if the, there was an avalanche or a road closure, we had two roads that came into our little town. So if they were blocked off, well, good luck. Um, and of course, when, I, when we lived out at the lake, um, you know, <laughs> it was very, very rural. You don't have anything and you're an hour from town. So, um, and for a lot of our folks, if you're on dialysis, if you're doing hemodialysis or peritoneal dialysis in the home and you lose power, what's the plan? One of my favorite stories was a guy, Sam Trevino. He's worth following. His uh, webpage, I think, is Urine Inspiration, U-R-I-N-E, Inspiration, Urine Inspiration. And this gentleman, he's a spokesman now, I think, for, for DeVita or something like that. But he's a, a he was diagnosed with 
kidney disease, end stage kidney disease when he was in high school. And so he's been on dialysis for a long time. And he talked about how in the early days he got to where, you know, he would be all hands on his dialysis machine and they would tell him, don't touch that. And he would say, no, no, that's going into me. That's mine. (laughs) And he, and he learned how to do hemodialysis at home. And he talked about how when he got his home dialysis unit, there was a big hurricane that that hit in uh, Texas. And so we talked about how he was ahead of the, of the storm uh, with his home dialysis machine and driving up and actually saved his and his brother's life. His dialysis facility was taken out. So, you know, when folks have dialysis and they lose power, or if there's a disaster that hits their facility, then, you know, it really puts them at a bind. And what do they do? Of course, one of the things that we do at specialty care management is we're talking to our, our patients, especially those folks on dialysis at this time of year, you know, to get supplies ready, uh, make sure that they have an emergency plan, which includes communication, things like that, so that they can be safe if there were an emergency. What about you, Dale? Do you have any favorite tips? Or stories. Well, I think. I mean, we've covered a lot. I think the best place to start, honestly, is like like anything else, a good assessment of the situation. Hearing, you know, everyone here lives in different areas. It's like, what is, what are the things, like electricity, losing electricity. We that's something we all need to, you know, be prepared for. Yeah. I think it's really great to uh, Nancy, like you're saying, communication with like who is your support system. Like who has the like my husband. He's he's always prepared for everything. Who has the farm in case we can't get food? Who has you know this kind of thing? So you know, having your network and communication. So I just think a good assessment of the realities of where you live, what the risks are, and and kind of starting there so that you can be prepared and have a good plan in place. So. You know, I was always surprised when I was in home health. Um, you know, sometimes I'd go and I'd visit people and I'd ask them, well, who, you know, who do you call on when your chips are down? They have nobody. I says, yeah. what about your neighbor? Do you have somebody who would run and they don't even know their neighbors. Yeah. And I think one of our, one of the key things that sometimes we overlook is when we have an emergency, it doesn't just impact us. It impacts our neighborhood. And when our neighborhoods are not safe, well, we're not safe. So it behooves us to look out for each other. It behooves mm-hmm. us to make alliances and friends with our neighbors so that we can count on each other um, when things happen. I think that's that's really important. Also, one thing that I found that most people forget when they're um, making emergency prepare, uh, preparedness plans is their medications if you're mm-hmm. an insulin, you know, I'm always talking to people, if your insurance allows you to fill your prescriptions for three months at a, at a time, that's always smart to do that. One, because I don't know about you, I get tired or I, I don't want to run mm-hmm. to the pharmacy every week and it's a waste of my time. But also if something bad happened and you fill for three months and you're less likely to be out of a medication, um, right? If you fill for a month at a time, well, it doesn't, doesn't give you very much, uh, you know, to have on hand if you needed it. So I think those are great tips. Actually, I think I heard, yeah, I don't want to scare anyone, but like talks of strikes with Walgreens and CVS things. I, I was thinking about that yesterday. It's like, it's always good to be prepared and with the medication. So just yeah. piggybacking off that. Yeah. You know, if you think about it too, one of the best strategies is to be healthy. So you don't need medications. Right. You look at especially diabetes, you guys, type two diabetes is so avoidable and it's worth the work um, to not have it or to put it in remission. And then you don't have to worry about that. So just a thought. 
just preaching to the choir. <laughs> well, thank you so much for participating in our roundtable. I love the wealth of wisdom that uh, you share with our members and folks every month. And just appreciate you taking time out to, to talk about how people can be their healthiest and be safe, especially as we head into you know, a very busy holiday. Uh, it's not holidays yet, but the Halloween is coming, right? Coming. Halloween and then the holiday. Thanksgiving mm -hmm. and Christmas. It's a busy season. So yeah, stay well. Thanks everybody.